0: This is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. good afternoon and good evening welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr on today's episodes we're going to be talking about taking the heat taking the heat i was inspired by this memory um this bittersweet memory uh, that i have of me and my older sister uh tasha um so uh, for those of you who haven't heard this story before um Let me introduce you to one of the most iconic moments in my life. Uh, This is the moment my sister saved me from a butt whooping. Not only did she save me from a butt whooping, she ended up getting one instead. So I know you're thinking, how did that happen? Let me tell you. When I was younger, my sister, um, even until adulthood, uh, thought it was a part of her responsibility to help me and make sure that I did what I was supposed to do I mean it didn't help uh, that I would asked for her assistance whenever I was in trouble uh, but I did um, so when I was younger when we lived uh, when we all lived in the house it was me, Tasha, Natalie uh, mom, well I call her Nat and call her Tasha and we we lived in, in the, in the, uh, the two bedroom home and mom told me to stop throwing things into the trees because they could get stuck and there's no telling when they're gonna fall down, especially, well not especially, but specifically when people park their cars under the tree limbs, hence mom parking her cars. So one day I had threw something up there that was kind of large and it got stuck. And I knew that if mom saw it in the tree, that was gonna be my behind. So I went to Tasha and said, Tasha, can you help me get this out of the tree? Cause if I if I don't get it out of the tree, I'm gonna get in trouble. So being the big sister that she was, she said, sure. So she went outside and we looked around the yard. We're like, what is, what's big enough for us to throw up? Well, what's big enough to, to hit the object in the tree, but light enough for us to throw? And there was this big rock that was next to the porch. And uh, we picked it up and we both took a try at it. I threw it up at least twice, I think. And I missed it. And Tasha was like, yo, let me try. So Tasha threw it up one time. Missed. Threw it up a second time. Missed. I don't know you're thinking, yo, third time's gotta be a charm. Indeed it was. But not the one we anticipated. She threw the rock up. Missed the item. And the rock landed on the top of Mom's car causing it to cave in. and we both looked at each other like, like our mouths literally hit the ground. And we were like, wrench, we're in trouble." So we had to go in and tell Mom, Mom comes out and looks at the hood of her car, the roof of our car, and she is mad. She is mad. Um, we come in the house, And at this moment, I know I'm in trouble because I shouldn't have thrown the item in the tree to begin with. So I know I'm about to get a whooping. No, I don't get a whooping. Instead, my sister does. My sister gets a whooping, not because she threw the rock. Well, not because um, she helped me. It wasn't because She took the initiative and said, you know what? I don't want him to get in trouble. My sister got in trouble because she's the one that threw the rock that landed on the top of the car. So my sister got a whooping based on technicality. And I remember being in the living room, hearing my mom whoop my sister for helping me. I will never forget that, never in my life. So fast forward, and here I am today, retelling this story, probably for the 10th time, because I can't believe that she did that. But the funny thing is, if I had not thrown the toy into the tree, if I had not disobeyed my mom, my sister wouldn't have had to, she wouldn't, have, she wouldn't have had to come out of the house and help me. My sister was in her comfort zone. She was fine. She was doing everything she was supposed to do. But I came to her and I said, I need your help. And she came out of the house to help me. The reason why I told that story is because it's the idea that when somebody loves you so much, they're willing to take the heat willing to take the heat for you hence uh the, the 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 topic of this podcast taking the heat i was going over probably the one one of the most quoted it probably is the most quoted bible verse john 3:16 um which says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's, it's a beautiful quote to put on a, a backdrop, you know, doing a church sermon. It's a beautiful quote to put on a t shirt. It's a beautiful quote to, to to put on Instagram and as part of your feed. Um, it's, it's, it's beautiful, it's lovely, but what really captured my attention is the structure. Of that verse that structure illustrates the relationship literally that we have with God and I'm actually gonna dissect each part of the verse but I'm gonna do it in threes because it's a three-part verse when you actually listen to it so of course the first part is for God so loved the world now even in relation to that he gave his only begotten son if you look at the actual sentence the actual verse it says for god so loved the world we were put first we were prioritized in that verse and then second that he gave his only begotten son and in that in the structure of the sentence jesus came second so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So love the world, that's part one, gave his only begotten son, that's part two. So that whoso that so that whoso believeth in him, that's all of us who are willing to believe. That's part three. So I'm gonna break this down and I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but it was just something that I thought was amazing, because a lot of people get onto other Christians like, yo, how is it that God can love you so much, yet you don't have the energy to praise Him, to thank Him? You know? And sometimes it's hard because we get so caught up in ourselves, get so caught up in what we're going through, that we ignore the fact that all of it is under God's control. Nothing slips through its fingers. Nothing. Um, so again, the title of this episode is "Taking the Heat," and I'm going to break this verse down in three parts. So, um, but before I begin, I do want to acknowledge uh, this book that I just finished. No, she has no idea I'm doing this. She don't even know who I. She doesn't even know who I am. But um, I was gifted a gift card um, months ago as a birthday gift. Because this person didn't know what to get me. So they just gave me a, a, a gift card for a bookstore because they know I like to read and, I know, and, and like to write. And I said, you know what? I want to go outside my box and find something that, I, that intrigues me, that exposes me to something that I probably never would have chosen to explore upon my own free will. Yo, keep tuning in as we take a quick break. We'll be right back. So I have a question. What is that one thing in your life that has a very tight grip on you? Something that's preventing you from being where you should be as in um, the good place, not the best place, but the good place, the place where you are happy, where you have access to your joy. When you find out what that is, try to figure out how you can gain power over that. And that can be done in one simple way. And that is taking control. Now, what I mean by that is when you take control, you decide that whatever this is will not have any influence on you. It's going to take a lot of discipline. It's going to take willpower. But most importantly, it's going to take submission. As in submitting to that which can overcome this. And for me, and for most of us, it is God. Once he gets a hold of it. Because this is in the hands of a master master builder. A master creator. And if this is someone who is flawless, someone who is ten for ten, 120 for 120, one twenty for one twenty, a thousand for a thousand. That means once it gets into its grasp, it's all good. So try to get out of the grasp of your oppression, of your depression, and put yourself in a position where you can feel fulfilled. And now, back to the episode. So I came across this book titled I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness by Austin Channon Brown. Now, the cool thing about this book is not just the subject matter, but the fact that the author is actually a black woman. Let me reread the her name, Austin Channon Brown. I advise you to look her up and do some research on why she goes by the name Austin Shannon Brown. It's a really big eye opener. Funny and ironic thing about her name. If you take the first initial of each name, it says ACB. You know, alphabetically or alphabetically, it's ABC. But even her name is is out of its out of the original order of the alphabet, so just keep that in mind. So anyway, um, awesome book, man, huge eye opener, and it really opened my eyes to some things that I wasn't exposed, that I wasn't aware of when I was younger, because I grew up in an all-white church. It was my family was the only family of color in that church for a long time. There was one family that came in. I never forget. It was the father, a mom and a son. I don't even remember interacting with them, I guess, because that whole situation was even awkward for us. And we just couldn't find it in ourselves to talk to anybody else. But they were probably there for a couple of months and they left, never knew their names. I never really saw people talking to them or inviting them to events. But we were the only black family there and a lot of things that were going on, I didn't think it was a problem. I thought it was normal, but turn it comes come to find out um, it actually was problematic. So um, I'll probably um, do a podcast strictly not just on this book, but the subject matter. So, um, man, it was it's really good. So if you if you're looking for a book to read. Of uh, on um on I guess being black and surviving as a Christian and 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 in an all white environment when it comes to religion and when it comes to um, spirituality. I mean the, the 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 title itself I'm still here black dignity I'm still here black dignity dignity in a world made for whiteness Austin Channing Brown she's openly Christian um uh, but she was raised in an all Christian um um atmosphere and she started being aware of these things um hence defining her own journey to where she is now so awesome book if you're looking for something to read so Going back, getting back to the subject matter. Um, so, yeah, taking the heat. John three sixteen, breaking bringing it down into three parts. So, the first part is, says, for God to love the world. And I wanted to find some, at least a verse to, uh, or a couple of verses, to illustrate that first part of the verse, which is, for God to love the world. Uh, we'll go, of course, we we'll go all the way back to Genesis. I do have no note no cards. If you hear this, it's, it's because I was at work and I was thinking to myself you know it's kind of slow right now for where i work so i had time to do this in between tasks and i was thinking yo what what verses can i use to uh, bounce off uh, you know the point that i'm trying to make so part one for god to love the world and we go all the way back to genesis in the beginning i I titled it that section the beginning of man uh we go back to genesis 2 verse 24 um for this reason a man will leave his father And mother, and be joined to his wife at this point. Um, Adam and Eve were created, of course. Adam was created, and and, and then Eve was you know created from his rib uh, while he was sleeping and and under slumber. And so, at this point, they're you know they're basically married. (laughs) And, um, the funny thing, obviously, uh, when a lot of um, pastors ordained uh, ministers use this verse. Uh, Within the marriage ceremony to indicate that when a man and a woman comes together, um, the the man is being separated from his 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 uh, core family, uh, his initial family to create his own. And he becomes one with his wife. Um, So if anything, his primary responsibility is no longer to that of his parents, but to his spouse. So at this point, Adam and Eve are together. And, you know, walking around bucket naked and um everything is fine there are no faults they're pure completely pure and naive in a good way uh because uh if you if we move on to genesis 3 he says do not eat of the tree of life knowledge of good and evil and god said you can have anything you want i mean god gave adam the 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 privilege of naming all the animals. He's created all forms of life, uh, of plant life, water life, dry land, um, animals of the sky, and it, it, he just had a, a plethora of things to get involved with, things to tend to, you know. And Adam's, Adam and Eve's lives were set. But God just asked them not to do one thing. Do not partake of the tree of life. And at this point, obviously, God had already given us free will. So we chose to do that which he asked us not to. And one thing that I realized was that God was protecting us from ourselves. Because if you realize, once you become aware of yourself... You become self-centered no longer God-centered but self-centered and at this point they were aware of themselves and you know God uh, decides to 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 um, to to clothe them and he basically banishes them from the from the garden of good and evil from the from the garden of Eden and if you if we progress you know, through, through Genesis three and you go to Genesis 16, it says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and conception. Your husband shall rule over you. And this is in relation to Eve for even Eve, Eve sinned as well, not just Adam, but Eve, but it all initiated with the separation of them two, And God knows, and the devil knows if, if he can get between you spouses that's all he needs to do all he needs to do is is create separation this and this is before the divorce because you become separated spiritually uh you become separated physically and mentally all he needs is a crack that's all he needs um so it says i will greatly multiply thy sorrow and conception obviously that references uh to women Enduring, you know, having to experience in pain, having to experience pain, um, you know, through birth and other complications. Um, and even going down to that last part of uh, verse 16, it says your husband shall rule over you. I think this introduces the ideal of misogyny because a lot of men just automatically think they're entitled So they use physical abuse they use mental abuse they use psychological abuse verbal abuse and the core of that the center of that is obviously sin and since we committed that sin since we were introduced to it things have fallen ever since so And of course, in verse 23 of Genesis 3, it says he sent them forth from the garden. So at that point, we were separated from God's presence. But God loved us so much that he gave us a place to dwell, a place to dwell in his presence. But because we chose ourselves over him, we were removed. And that basically highlights that first part, which is for God so loved the world. He created it. He created the world from his words, from his mouth. He created the word. He created Adam from dirt of the ground. He created Eve from his rib, gave them everything that they could ever need. But the moment we got self-centered, the moment we became aware of self, we at some degree didn't allow God To be our source. Just like nowadays, he became a resource, which is not good. God is the source. Um, For even, you know, if, if the birds do not have to worry about reaping what they sow, you know, just imagine how much more our Father can do for us. You know, birds don't care, they don't have to worry about that. And they have everything they need. And if God can provide animals with what they need, what makes us believe that he can't do the same for us is because he loves us so much. He created. Us. How do you know that God loves you? How do you know? And if you can only answer that because you were told so. I mean, there's some validity of that in that because his word does say for God so loved the world. So he does love you. But how do you know that he loves you? And I think once you figure that out. It means so much more. So much more. Simple. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue to listen to the rest of the podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. So going on to part two, trying to move of. Uh, uh, ra- not rapidly but gradually so I don't take, take up too much of your time so uh, part 2 which is you know f- I'm, going to, I'm going to repeat per- part 1 he said for God to so love the world part 1 part 2 that he gave his only begotten son now with this part I wanted to jump all the way to the end to Revelation now obviously this is mentioned in the New Testament uh, beginning of the New Testament but this is the one thing um that I, that I wanted to explore just a little bit, because I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I jumped to Revelation 1, verse 18, and I'm using the English Standard Version. So it says, Jesus said, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of death in Hades. Now this is when God, you know, Jesus came back, resurrected, um, he died on Friday, rose on Sunday, and then during that time, God uh, gained the keys of death so that death would never have a hold on us. Sin is not all end all be all. Um, We may be marked by it, but we're not defined. So um, it's like having a scar. You know, you you, you have a scar, but it doesn't mean that you are incapable of functioning. You know, it doesn't make you. Incompetent, I guess, in a, in a physically, in a sense. So, uh, but then in relation to this, Jesus actually um, takes the chains away from things that, that that one thing that's keeping us down, that one thing that's separating us between Him and us and ourselves. Um, but I moved on and I went even I went back to like Matthew 3 uh, 17, um, for God said, that he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son. And if you go back to Matthew 3, verse 17, he says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That is so distinctive. I am well pleased with my son. Um, the son that he sent in the flesh um, to carry the burden. He was removed from his comfort zone. God, God removed himself from heaven to be with us on earth to help us deal with our issue, to deal um, with our disobedience. Going back to what I was saying about my sister, my sister was in the house, probably listening to music or doing some homework. Well, Tasha's Tasha's the type of person she don't have to she doesn't have to do homework and she always aces her tests. I don't know what she does, I don't know how she does it, but that's just one thing that always bothered me. I'm like, You don't gotta study and you be acing, man. Like, what's up? Like, so anyway, um I don't know what Tasha was doing, but I went to her. I caused her to come out of the house and meet me where I was at, which is right in the middle of a predicament. So even going back to what jesus was sent here to do um, jesus said with my son i am well pleased and like jesus my sister took the heat for me Um, my sister was the bridge between my mom and myself if you go back to the structure of john 3 16 jesus was the bridge between god in us because God wanted that relationship so bad and didn't want sin to be a hindrance so um, that satisfies part two and another thing that I did want to point out um, was that the beautiful thing that I, I really enjoyed about jesus's story is because i'm pretty certain uh superman was was shaped off of jesus i mean if you see the parallelism if you if you really want to gather an understanding of that i've mentioned it before uh but go and watch superman uh the 1978 version with christopher reeve man that's one of my favorite movies i can still watch it to this day but the the the, the the dialogue from uh Jor-El's. uh that's no Kyle Kyle-El's. is it Jor-El? It's Jarell I think it's Jarell No it's Khalel Ka 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 Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. I, man I can't believe it's Khalel. Yeah l because well, Superman's home is the House of El. So it's Kyle. el And there's Jor-El. Jor-El is Superman's father. If I'm not mistaken. I can't believe that I'm messing up. Let me look at my phone right quick. Because this is going to bother me. I think it's... Yeah, kal el kal el is Superman. And Jor-El is uh, Superman's biological father. Anyway... Uh, watch that movie to see and just and just look up Superman's origin story in general and if you do not see any parallelism between uh, Superman and Jesus then uh, maybe you're reading the wrong information. Anyway um, so <laughs> that pretty much uh, sums up part two because you said first part is for God so loved the world second part that he gave his only begotten son the son in which whom he was well pleased Um, now the third part third part is so that who for that so that who whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, and the only verse that really came to mind immediately was well verses which was luke twenty three um forty through forty three and I actually want to read it to you because This is when uh, Jesus is on the cross, and you have the uh, the criminal to his left and the criminal uh, to his right. And obviously, they're just waiting for Jesus to die. Uh, They're mocking Jesus. You know, Jesus is the king, he's the the Messiah. And they're really giving him a hard time. And it's crazy uh, because at this point, he's he's this is right before he gives up the ghost but this is luke 23 verses 40 through 42 i'm almost done so i'm gonna gonna get through this Uh, verse 40 but the other criminal rebuked him don't you fear god he said since you are under the same sentence we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and in verse 43 jesus basically says on this day you will be with me in paradise that's verse 43 um so this is basically a reference to the other criminal because the first criminal was basically saying well if you're uh this if you're as powerful as you say you are why don't you pull yourself down from the cross so basically he was mocking him right Um, But Jesus was specifically sent there to die, and of course he even asked God. He said, "God, if you, if you can remove this cup from me, please do. But if not, let your will be done." Even Jesus didn't want to do it. Not that he, not that he was, uh, completely disregarding the, uh, the meaning of it, the significance of it. But he was, he was about to die, and he was like, "Yo, God, man, I, I understand. I'm here to do this." But, I mean, if there's another way, let it be done. If not, uh, I'm, I'm ready. You know, and that's, that's a bold thing to do. But anyway, so that whosoever shall believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When I was younger, I used to think everlasting life meant you just lived a long time. Like, no, you're, you're, everybody's body has an expiration date, but that's not the end of who you are. It may be the end of your body, but it's not the end of your soul and it's not the end of your spirit. So I'm going to read that verse one more time. John 3:16. for God so loved the world, the world that he created, that he gave his only begotten son, his son, whom he was well pleased. So that whosoever believeth in him, this thief that was about to die, this thief that was right next to him, shall not perish. But have everlasting life, everlasting life, and paradise. That that thief, um, at, on on that day, will be in paradise with Jesus. And Jesus gave up the ghost. So uh, and it was done. He said it before he gave up the ghost. It is done. It is finished. Really quickly. If you're traveling for the holidays, be safe. Take precautions. Wear a mask, bring hand sanitizer, wear gloves. Be protective, not just for your livelihood, but for that of others. And now back to the episode. The reason why I wanted to dissect this verse was because I literally have to recite it to myself when I feel down, when I uh, do not recognize my value. There's a scene. I, I love movies. If you haven't figured this out already, I love movies. And the the um the Hercules, uh, Hercules that came out years ago, the version with Dwayne Johnson playing Hercules. Uh, there's a part on there where Hercules is chained up, and the storyteller is, um, basically encouraging Hercules to remember who he is. Now this whole time you're thinking, um, all of, all of these myths have been going around about hercules is he's really as strong as he is as people say he is and you know some people haven't seen it with their own eyes but they never really seen hercules ability at max capacity and that man was basically saying hercules do you do you not who he said who are you no he said who are you and he says hercules and he breaks the chains and he's free and then he starts wreaking havoc on his enemies so um Whenever I am in a situation where it feels like I am not feeling valued, when I feel like I'm being disregarded and ignored, it feels like all the things that I'm doing is being done in vain. I recite that for God so loved the world. He reminded myself that God loves me. He loves me so much that he sent his only son who died to carry my burden, who died um, (laughs) so that. My metaphoric toy that's in the tree would not fall. So that even if it did, he would take the blame. He didn't want me like my sister didn't want me to get in trouble with my mom because because of what I've done. She wanted she didn't want me to get a whooping. She didn't want me to be punished. And G, and God didn't want there to remain distance between him and us. He's so so concerned about a relationship that he's willing to create a bridge. and that's exactly what he did. My sister was a bridge between my mom and myself so that there wouldn't be a gap in between it or some place for me to fall. God wanted to create a bridge, a connection between us and him because he values our relationship. He values our connection. He values us. that's why He created us. He created us obviously to mirror him. You know to reflect him but he also loves his creation he loves us there's there's value in us even when people other people don't see it when your job doesn't see your value when your spouse doesn't appreciate it when your friends when the relationship with your friends is more one-sided than two-sided um, when um, you go somewhere and they need something from you they require your service But they don't return thanks they don't they don't return gratitude they don't even reciprocate that which you give god sees that and he's he created you to let you know that everything that you think you don't have you do because he sees it in you he put it there so my sister despite my my bad behavior uh despite my disobedience She saw something in me worth preserving and worth fighting for. And she was willing to make sure that her little brother didn't get in trouble. So that's why she did what she did. If my sister can do that for me, you can only imagine the magnitude of what Jesus did for all of us, what God did for all of us. I'm gonna say this before I get off. I created this platform to spread truth and to spread love. Now, this may be weak in the eyes of those who are dealing with their own issues, like racial injustice, um, sexism, um, degradation in any form or matter. But I believe that the root of all of that is sin, sin, and sin that we all possess but it's not sin that defines us. My story is that I've been given so many chances and I've and I've screwed up, but I'm still alive today, 35 years old. I am alive and I'm going to utilize my platform, my talents, my gifts, my skills to make sure people know not only who God is, but who I am because of him. So, I will discuss certain subject matters from the death of 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 one of my of a a very influential person in most of our lives, Kobe Bryant, to to um, to this, a single verse that most people have probably um, (laughs) used more than the verse Jesus wept, you know, Uh, but. For he so loved me that he gave his only begotten son so that I believe in him in order to have everlasting life. And this life, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it, but I'm going to enjoy the after party even more because there will be no restrictions. There will be no health issues. There will be no low income there will, there will be no unreliable automobiles. There will be no diabetes for my wife. There will be no asthma. Um, there will be no racism. There will be love. It will be God. God will be love. And that's all we'll need. So if there's ever a moment you feel down, and as, cliche as cliche-ish, um, as, as much of a cliche this sounds, And much of a cliche it is. To use this verse. Recite it to yourself. The One thing that the devil can't stand. Is when you recite God's word. Because God's word never comes back void. Ours do. Because they're human words. Hence sinful. Where it comes from us. It comes from flesh. But when you use word. It comes from God. It comes from the source. I mean. The the devil can't stand it. He can't. So it's like, because the, the devil tried at one point, he tried to outsmart God, but he failed. He failed. So if, if he can't outsmart God, then he definitely can't outsmart his word. He can't outmatch his word. So use it. It's Use it. Use it as a tool. Use it um, as because it's a part of your, our armor, our biblical armor. Use it. So uh, I hope you all have a wonderful night. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, yo, leave a comment on Instagram. Uh, direct message me or 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 you can email me at mrpennywell8 um, at gmail.com. That's M-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L number 8 at gmail.com let me know how you feel about this episode let me know how you felt about previous episodes you know just give me your critique on the podcast um i might use it i might not my ego isn't big and isn't too big for me not to consider the the idea of making this show better i will still bring you material that is useful and material that is thought-provoking uh, but most importantly uh, material that you can relate to so hope you all have a wonderful day enjoy your holidays uh, around the time this is released it will be the weekend um before the week of christmas um so hope you're enjoying yourselves enjoying your family enjoying your spouses enjoying your kids and enjoying your furry babies enjoying your pets so um love you guys so much um I haven't said this in a while, but um, love love each other. But most importantly, uh, love yourself. Um, This is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with Calvin Wayne Pinoa Jr. With the episode titled Take the Heat. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.